It is Wednesday, and we are turning the page to focus on the next opponent. We are on to Tennessee, who Miami will host on Monday Night Football at Hard Rock Stadium. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. On the Locked On Network, we don't just say it, we live it. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. We are on to Tennessee, on to the Titans. The Dolphins sitting at nine and three, a chance to move to 10 and three for the first time since the turn of the millennium. <laughs> no big deal. Currently sitting in first place in the AFC Conference standings with a head-to-head matchup against the only team tied with them in five games left to play. There's a lot at stake for Miami. We have meet, met the early season expectations, and now it is kind of time for the Dolphins to do, as, as Mike McDaniel said, at halftime, courtesy of Hard Knocks, and showcase just how different this group is. Is There are prime opportunities on a weekly basis to not only maintain your leverage on the AFC conference standings, uh, but enter a stratosphere and help further build uh, a stability within what the expectations are annually for this football team moving forward. Not just the opportunity in the here and now, but no one can deny how big of an opportunity amidst all the injuries in the AFC conference and all the quarterback disruption across the league. And Miami being at this spot, it's December 6th. The Dolphins are in first place in the conference. Five games to play. Roster probably peaking as far as maximum talent acquired for the next several seasons. Now's the time. And it starts with taking care of business one week at a time against teams like Tennessee. Let's talk about the Titans who are entering into this matchup at four and eight on the season. A little bit of a disappointing year for the Titans and Mike Vrabel. He uh, has only had one double digit losing season in his career. And it came last year as the head coach of the Titans when they absolutely fell apart down the stretch. Tennessee last season uh, found themselves at one point seven and three and lost their final Six, seven football games, including to Jacksonville twice at Philadelphia, Cincinnati, Houston, a bunch of one score games that the Titans dropped. And they came in this year, signed DeAndre Hopkins, didn't trade Derrick Henry, kind of gave you the impression they were expecting they were going to be able to continue to compete. And instead, there are three teams within a game of the AFC South lead and Tennessee is the lone team. That is not competitive in that divisional race, sitting at four and eight. They are coming off of a 31 28 heartbreaking loss to the Indianapolis Colts last week. And I think that's that's the kind of performance that I think can really serve as a gut punch for a football team that's sitting at four and eight. Uh, they've played the last two games at home. Their next two games after this are at home, including a divisional matchup against Houston. 
But Tennessee has two punts blocked, including one return for a touchdown. Their punter goes down with an injury on the second block punt. He's out for the year. He had surgery. The team fires the special teams coordinator. They miss an extra point with Ryan Tannehill as the holder because the punter was the original holder at the end of regulation to send the game to overtime. And then the Titans kick a field goal in overtime and Indianapolis hits shots down the field and ends up winning the football game. So you had (laughs) a blocked punt return for 18 yards. The subsequent play was a two-point attempt that the Titans actually returned for two points of their own on an interception. Tennessee scores five minutes left in the game. Misses the extra point, 25-25. They go down, kick 46-yard field goal, lose 31-28 after Indianapolis responds on the subsequent possession. To fall to 40. Gut punch type of loss. Uh, this is a team, Tennessee, that follows the same ideology and methodology of the New England Patriots. And that makes sense because Mike Vrabel played for Bill Belichick. He was not a part of his coaching staffs, but you see the same school of thought. And I think that's the the stat that is evidence to that most for me. There's a few of them. This team is 11th in the NFL in turnovers this season, despite having three quarterbacks play. Uh, Malik Willis played in lieu of Ryan Tannehill at one point. Then Will Levis took over the starting job at three touchdown passes in his first game and has since kind of been bogged down a little bit. But they run the ball. They play good defense. They, you know, in spite of they will not have Jeffrey Simmons for this football game. Their 3.7 yards allowed per rush this season is the fourth best mark in the NFL. So you don't turn the ball over. You play good run defense. You want to run the ball respectively yourselves. They have Derrick Henry, so you know they have the ability to do that. Um, th- This team does not often get waxed. I think you can look across the board and see a one-point margin of defeat in week one, a three-point victory in overtime against the Chargers in week two. And you had week five, one-score game. Week six, Baltimore, one-score game. Week eight, after the bye, five-point difference uh, as a margin of victory. Four-point loss to Pittsburgh. Seven-point win against Carolina. Three-point overtime loss against Indianapolis. Now, they have not been without their clunkers this season. They lost to Tampa Bay 20-6. to They lost to Cleveland 27-3 to and had 94 yards of offense and six first downs. Now, that was week three. That was eons ago as far as this NFL season goes. But generally speaking, this has been a team that follows the Patriots methodology, which is what we want to knock you down, drag you out, tear you through the mud, force you to play a closer to the vest football game. So for Miami, you think about how these scripts have gone for the Dolphins against the Patriots. You should have had a multi-score win against New England in week two. You end up winning that game on the road by seven points. And then you beat them by 14, thanks to a late touchdown in the final minutes of the game the second time around. There's a way they try to play the game. They're going to try to get you into that. And I do think they have some pieces that would allow that to happen. But if the Dolphins execute at the level that they're supposed to, the Dolphins will emerge victorious on Monday Night Football. We'll we'll talk about those dynamics uh, and some of the personnel for Tennessee up next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins.
Shopping for loved ones during the holidays isn't always easy, especially if distance forces the heart to grow fonder. Think about the Skylight Digital Picture Frame as the perfect gift for your loved ones, even if they do not live close. The Skylight Frame helps you keep in touch with the important moments in your loved ones' lives as they unfold. Every day, there are new gifts that really matter. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame that you can send photos to straight from your phone and they appear in seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is open, so when it's unwrapped and plugged in, your most treasured memories appear. Satisfaction is guaranteed. We're confident that you'll love Skylight. We offer free 120-day returns, and it is top-rated brand with over a million happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and available in over 30 countries. It's been recommended by the Today Show, Forbes, New York Magazine, and more. As a special limited-time offer for our listeners, you can get $15 off of your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on to get $15 off your purchase of a skylight frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That is S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com slash locked on. So let's talk about the Titans and some metrics to know for Tennessee. Uh, this is a team that currently sits 25th in the league in scoring offense, 17.8 points per game. You look at the recent stretch, the 28 points that they scored, uh, that's the highest output they've had since week eight at Lance again, at Lance against Atlanta. My goodness. 16 points against Pittsburgh, six points against Tampa Bay, 14 against Jacksonville, and 17 against Carolina. Uh, but even more notable than that. This is not a team that has a lot of success moving the football. So the infusion of Will Levis into the lineup against Atlanta certainly spurred the team out of the bye week to get a win uh, because it brought elements that were new to this offense. You know, they, they really struggled scoring and moving the ball. Tennessee did uh, with Ryan Tannehill behind center, as evidenced by the fact that Ryan Tannehill had a two touchdown to six interception ratio this season before getting benched. But since Will Levis was plugged in, the yardage has dwindled for Tennessee. 340 yards against Pittsburgh and 16 points. 209 yards and 6 points against Tampa Bay. 235 yards and 14 points against Jacksonville. 264 yards and 17 points against Carolina before their rematch against Indianapolis in which they had 381 yards. And that came courtesy of 177 rushing yards. Really got some juice going in the run game for Derrick Henry and company. The offensive line has a bunch of new starters on it. Peter Skaronsky, their first-round pick, is included in that group. They signed Andre Dillard to a big-time contract that has not materialized particularly well. They let Nate Davis walk in free agency at guard. They haven't found an answer there. So this group, the, the, the biggest issue is the DNA of who they've been has had so much interruption with who the starting quarterback is, new starters on the offensive line, Derrick Henry is a, a half step slower and it really manifests itself for this offense in a few ways. Like third down. They convert 32% of their third downs. That's 30th in the league. It's not good. One out of every three. Miami, since Jalen Ramsey's return in week eight, is conceding about 25% of opposing third downs. So that is good on bad in favor of Miami. Another area that Tennessee struggles, they have 14 red zone touchdowns this year on 34 trips. That's 41% of red zone trips end in touchdowns. That is 
30th in the NFL. <laughs> they really struggle with once the field is compressed, there's less margin for error. You have to be able to either run the ball or throw the ball with anticipation. It's not really clicking. Now, they do have some weapons that have been very productive this season. Derrick Henry, first and foremost amongst them. He has 219 touches. No other player this season has more than 99 for Tennessee. Henry got banged up against the Colts. Looked like he might be in concussion protocol. He's good to go. He'll play against Miami. So that's King Henry's the guy to stop. The book hasn't changed in that regard. DeAndre Hopkins, their free agent signing, though, averaging 15 yards a touch, 52 uh, touches, 50 of those are receptions, 783 yards from scrimmage. He'll move around, uh, and he's moved around going all the way back to his time in Houston. Oh, time in Houston, time in Arizona, now in Tennessee. He's a threat in any area, but the good news for Miami is you think about the rest of the group. You think about their, their next highest yardage receiver is Chris Moore. 331 yards from scrimmage, 292 of those uh, are receiving yards on 13 receptions. Other wide receivers include Kyle Phillips, Traylon Burks, uh, who has 10 touches this season. Kyle Phillips has 13. Nick Westbrook-Akine has 25. He's their big-bodied physical blocker type. They don't have perimeter threats outside of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they do have multiple backs, including rookie Tajay Sharp or Tyze Spears, excuse me. Tyze Sharp used to be Tennessee Titans wide receiver. Freudian slip. Tennessee does not necessarily have the massive weapons to really stress Miami and get them out of some of the Vic Fangio specials. We expect Javon Holland to be back this week. What does Javon's return potentially do for coverage? What does the corner duo allow for the Dolphins to do from a extra attention paid to DeAndre Hopkins, whether that's clouding a corner over top of him or double team, legitimately double team. I think all those things are on the, on the table and forcing the peripheral weapons to have to beat you because up front, this is not a unit that's performed. Case in point, Malik Willis had five attempts. Uh, he was sacked four times on his five attempts through three games this season. Uh, good for 44% sack rate. It's a small sample size, though, right? Okay, how about Ryan Tannehill? Has 158 passing attempts this season. He was sacked on almost 11% of his dropbacks before he was benched. It's better than 44. Bigger sample size. Will Levis has the biggest sample size. 185 pass attempts. Sacked on 9.5% of his dropbacks thus far this season. Tennessee as a team has a 10.7% sack rate. They've given up 42 sacks thus far this season. That is bad news for a pass rush unit, or good news for a pass rush unit, bad, rush, bad news for Tennessee coming in. This is just like New England, not a script that you could afford to give up multiple scores in the first 20 minutes of the football game. If Tennessee falls behind by multiple scores, it's going to get really ugly for their offense. Now, the pathway is Tennessee scores a turnover early. They get points off of it. Maybe they get the opening possession because we know Miami's going to defer the opening kick even if they win it. You get a field goal. You get a chunk explosive play. They didn't get a turnover. You turn it into a two-score deficit. Like That's the pathway for Tennessee to kind of grind you out and knock you out because they do have some metrics that in which they measure particularly well. And they're, ironically enough, two areas that 
the offense scores horribly. They're the second best team in the NFL in red zone defense. They only conceded 16 touchdowns on 43 trips. That's 37% of the time opposing teams get in the red zone. Do they find the end zone? That's a great number. Third down, 38% conversion allowed. It's middle of the pack statistically, but below 40% is a good number. And again, this is not a team that turns the ball over. They've only turned the ball over uh, 14 times this season. It's the 11th best in the NFL. The bad news for Tennessee metrically, offensively, very inefficient, a lot of negative plays, but they don't turn the ball over. Defensively, they're pretty respectable metric-wise. They're 16th in league at scoring defense, 21 points allowed per game. We went over third down in red zone, but their problem is they don't get the turnovers. Tennessee thus far this season is 30th in the league in turnovers. They have a minus four turnover differential with 14 turnovers offensively through uh, 12 games because they've only forced 10 turnovers this season and only three interceptions. They do not manufacture negative plays. So that's the dynamic with Tennessee that's really interesting. Now, we, we do know a couple uh, injury updates that have come since uh, the end of the week, 13 contests. We will cover them as we bring this introductory to Tennessee uh, to a close here on Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you have your own action going on Sunday. The Dolphins don't play till Monday, but that is okay. Prize Picks is here to make sure you are fully engaged on NFL Sunday for Week 14. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your money roll in if you successfully hit a six stat projection with more or less on prize picks you can win 25 times your money if you like good roi it's the place to be you could test your skills on prize pick this football season with the most exciting way to play dfs prize picks is really simple to play you can make your picks with a few taps on your phone and they also accept apple pay so you can make sure you are constantly in the game go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl and use code locked on nfl for a first deposit match of up to $100, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. The weather may be getting cold, but the deals stay hot on FanDuel. The Dolphins are currently favored on a spread by 13 and a half points on Monday Night Football. That tells you what Vegas thinks about this football game, but you don't even need to get the spread. It gets easier on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. I am here to tell you right now, you will not have better statistical odds on making a bet on a money line with FanDuel and getting this kind of return on investment 30 times on a $5 bet. And I'm not a math guy, but I pulled that one off. Been thinking about joining FanDuel. There's no better time to get in on the action than right now. App is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off your December run through the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The big one for Tennessee is Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, all Pro, Pro Bowl, Caller, interior defensive lineman. He's had a good season. 
Uh, maybe not necessarily to the standard that you would expect for Jeffrey Simmons. Uh, case in point, Jeffrey Simmons in years past has logged um, seven and a half, eight and a half sacks. He's sitting at five and a half through 12 games. He was second team all pro and pro bowler last year. Uh, his numbers tracking right around where you would expect. Uh, maybe a little bit less of the disruption at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons has 18 passes defensed all across the last three seasons prior to this year. He only has one this season. So um, a very disruptive player. The unknown certainties of Rob Hunt. Mike McDaniel said yesterday that he is week to week, along with Jerome Baker with the hamstring aggravation. I don't expect you'll see him this week, which means we're in for another week of Liam Eikenberg and Lester Cotton along the interior offensive line. Jeffrey Simmons being out will aid in Miami's ability to stave through that block. Although do not sleep on Danico Autry and Harold Landry. That is still a very potent one to punch. Landry's more explosive. Autry's a little bit more heavy handed of a player. Uh, for Miami, uh, we we are to be determined with Tron Armstead. Sounds like he's going to get a chance to ramp up and play. Uh, and again, I know I touched on this on the film study yesterday from the, the commander's game, but that was not just, oh, he his body can't do it. He got leg whipped, unfortunately, down in the low red zone on a touchdown run from Raheem Oster from a defender diving to try to make the tackle. It stinks. I'd expect uh, Kendall Lamb will probably be a little bit more ready to go this week than he was last week. He, you know, he seeded to Keon Smith with the scoreboard being what it was for the Dolphins once Teron Armstead left the game. Uh, I expect Javon Holland back this week for the Dolphins as well. And that'll be a big boost. Um, don't expect Jerome Baker. Although Mike McDaniel said that's, that's week to week. He said he won't go on IR. I think you're probably looking at the earliest for Jerome. And this is a total guess on my part but just it's, Mike confirmed it was an MCL, but it didn't require surgery. Uh, so you're reading between the lines saying it's some kind of sprain, but short enough for it to not go on IR. It's probably a two to four week injury, which probably means a grade two MCL sprain. And that's a guess. Again, that's a total guess on my part using my uh, degree in, in kinesiology and exercise science with reading the tea leaves. And if that's the case, I, I guess maybe Dallas, if not Dallas, Baltimore is probably the earliest you'll see Jerome Baker back this season. So, uh, Miami this morning hosted a visit for Ruben Foster on a uh, workout. He posted on social media a little later after the workout, said he didn't get the job. So look for Miami to have Duke Riley ramp up his role. But don't sleep on Channing Tindall. Miami's going to need a little bit of mass here at some stage. Uh, and, and Tindall got three reps defensively at the end of the Commanders game. I thought he read it well. He had two tackles in those reps. And uh, at sooner or later, these guys are going to have to get kicked in, right? It's Cam Smith, same discussion, although he's a rookie versus second-year player. Really fascinating to see if Channing Tindall can get an opportunity with the prolonged absence of Jerome Baker over the course of the next few weeks. Would love to see it. Uh, for Tennessee, uh, sounds like Christian Fulton is banged up, uh, may not go. Uh, Traylon Burks has been dealing with the concussion. I would imagine he will probably be good to go for this football game. Uh, but that is uh, also a guess on my part. So we'll let the rest of the week play out. We will allow this to get closer. And for Miami's purposes, you get an extra day to find out because they don't play until Monday night. So you get a little, little bit of extra clarity, hopefully a little extra rest for some of the Dolphins bumped up players can put them in position to play on Monday 
against the Titans. We have Tyler Rowland of Locked on Titans coming up tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. Look for it on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Fins up. I'm out of here. Peace.